Welcome to Living the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha Lucier, and I'm so glad that you are here. I'm so glad to be spending this time in the Word of God with you, and I'm so glad that my beloved is here with us as we get into the Word. Before we begin this episode, let's take a moment and open up in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, and we love you, and we praise you for who you are. We exalt your name. We exalt your your willingness and your loving kindness and tender mercies. We exalt you, Lord, that you are the great I am and there's nothing that is too difficult for you. We thank you that you are the lover of our souls. You are a, the, your life to us and you and your word is life to us and bread for our, our daily needs. Lord, we thank you for this time in the word. We thank you for your fellowship. We thank you for loving us as much as you do. And we thank you for each other, Lord. We thank you for the bond of brotherhood and um, the fellowship that we have as your children, Lord. Continue to strengthen that bond among us and continue to bless our households with your peace and your shalom, Lord Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for revealing your word to us, guiding us and directing us into all truth and showing us things to come. We cast the adversary out in your almighty name, Lord Jesus, and we know that you are the one who rebukes the devourer for our sake. And we have the the specific and and precious honor and privilege of keeping ourselves in you, Lord Jesus Christ, keeping ourselves adherent to the things that you've taught us, Lord, and bound to you in love so that the wicked one does not touch us. We bless you, Lord. I just release your healing. I send your healing power into the homes and the lives and the, and the families that are listening to this podcast in your almighty name, Lord Jesus, and your provision in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So this episode, we are going to talk about rest. Mm -hmm. This is a part of spiritual warfare. It's probably not the most obvious component, but it is just (laughs) as necessary as the physical fighting because it is, it is in and of itself a manner of spiritual warfare. And like I said, a component of it, a very important part. Um, Before we go further into this episode, I just wanted to circle back around and tidy up some things on the last um, sections that we did, the um, counter-strike, just to make sure that you understand that in warfare, in battle, there will be times where we are striking and then, you know, having to defend the adversary is relentless until he's thrown in the lake of fire he's going to try to come back and to knock us off guard catch us off guard or derail any of the plans but god has already said the adversary cannot go beyond a certain point with Mm -hmm. us we're not able to be tested beyond what we are able and then we also we are going to offensively strike the adversary and then continue to strike again as the lord gives insight and instruction and everything that we do in obedience to the lord is going to provide Um, the opportunity and have the effect of destroying the works of the devil. Every time you obey, whether it's the little bitty thing at home that nobody else sees or knows that you're doing, or it's ministering to a crowd of people, it's ministering to one people, it's laying hands on the sick and the Lord having the opportunity to bring healing and recovery to their life. Whatever you do that is obedient to the Lord is destroying the works of the devil. So understand that. And um, my love, do you have something you want to say about that? In that there's a, I'll say a switching up of tactics or a repositioning in the midst of like, I'll say real time while Mm -hmm. the 
the attack is happening, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can look at that absolutely in warfare and, and even, if you will, in sports, which is mm-hmm. combat on a much smaller scale, right? Like the sport version. Yes, like boxing, boxing and, and or, mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at it basketball and hockey, or I mean, like mm-hmm. any any team sport, right? There's There's one group that is applying a certain strategy and the other group is applying their strategy and we see one's going to, is is more beneficial or is winning over the others and then mm-hmm. that team that is uh, i'll say behind mm-hmm. they're losing <laughs> right mm-hmm. exactly they switch up their tactics they adopt mm-hmm. new strategies while the game is still happening they didn't, they didn't pause they didn't right this mm-hmm. is happening real time and then you see the momentum shift and mm-hmm. and the other side starts doing better and then while the game is still happening the other team that was ahead that's now behind is Switching up their tactics. I mean, it's, it's it is combat on a much smaller scale, mm-hmm. where we are talking about not just combat on the, the normal natural scale, mm-hmm. but or combat or warfare. But we're talking about it on the spiritual, at the highest level. Amen. So. Amen. So that means we're not gonna, you know, put our feet up and be caught unaware, mm-hmm. eating bonbons, not tending to the things that the Lord has. Um, designed for us to tend to but we're always watchful and not watching what the enemy is doing but we're always watching what our lord is doing because he prepares us he equips us he gives us foreknowledge and information and he provides his strategies to us and he's calling out those strategies real time amen in the moment amen do this now do this now apply this amen so there's nothing that's hidden from him and there's nothing that he doesn't know about so we're safe in his hands, but just keeping aware. Don't be surprised if the adversary didn't go away, you know, <laughs> just one time and that he's coming back in another area to try to attempt to de- detract or, I mean, I'm sorry, attack or things of that nature. But you have been well equipped and you're well able to handle it with Christ Jesus. So let's go to our opening, um, our springboard scripture here. Let's start in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 8 through 16. Amen. It says, For if Joshua had given them rest... He would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest, so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Mm-hmm. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So, okay. When we're looking at this section of Scripture... And I think we've probably already talked about this before, but we're going to say it again and we're going to continue to say it until it is sweet and pleasant in your soul, in your mind and in your ears that entering into God's rest is really just obedience, being obedient to whatever he's telling you to do. That is both what you're 
um, your purposes in life, the reason that he created you. Um, that is also what you're doing in the moment and light of what he created you to do and the per- reason why he um, put you here on this earth and put you in the place that he asked you to be in, all of those things. But also it includes the day-to-day, moment-by-moment um, actions that you take or you don't take. That is in- that is the rest of the Lord. It is simply coming under his banner, following his each and every command, following the will of the Lord with determination, consistency, and persistency. Because this is what really matters is for us to fall under this alignment. Our Lord and Savior understands what it's like to be a human. He understands what it means to go, well, I think I got a good idea, Lord. And, you know, uh, that doesn't really look like a comfortable way that you're trying to lead me in, Father. But yet he did not sin by trying to go his own way. He instead listed, he listened to the Lord and brought himself under the banner of the heavenly father to do and fulfill all that the Lord called him to do. So when this is something that's notable for you, as you are walking out your purpose, the divine plan that God has for your life and engaging in spiritual warfare is when the Lord says it's time to rest, it's time to rest. So I mean that in the whole sense, the holistic sense of resting is obedience that is a form of rest. And when he tells you to stop what you're doing, whatever actions that you're taking, and he says, sit down, come here. And the sense of rest that we think about, which would be reclining on the bosom of the Lord, um, taking a day off, getting some sleep when he tells you to go to bed, things of that nature that we connect with being rest, pay attention to those times because they're also needed. They're absolutely vital for your Mm -hmm. continuation as a warrior of God and as a a son and daughter. The Lord loves us and we are, yes, his bondservants. We are, yes, his warriors and we are his children. And in each of those situations and each of those um, dynamics or placements that the Lord gives Obedience is still the requirement. That's still the same constant <laughs> through all of those um, relationships that we have with him. So write this down. When the Lord says it's time to rest, as in stop activities, it is time to rest. And he knows why he's telling you that. So pay attention. Um, let's look at First Kings chapter 19 and read verses 5 through 9. All right. It says, He lay down and slept under a juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him, and he said to him, Arise, eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Amen. Um, let's see. Let's see what verse, can you read verse nine first too, please, honey? Yes. Then he came there to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, Oh, yeah. First time. That's okay. Thank you, sweetheart. It's okay. We're talking about Elijah here. And this is after he had the encounter on the mountain and that great victory that the Lord brought through his ministry. And then Jezebel wrote him a a nasty gram. She wrote him a mean (laughs) letter and it upset Elijah. 
And oh, it, and yes, um, we, we just caught like it is. The nasty gram was that she was going to have him eliminated or mm-hmm. removed from the face of the earth. And then he went out into the wilderness uh, a day's journey. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to put some distance between mm-hmm. uh, Jezebel and himself. So she threatened him and he became dismayed mm-hmm. and afraid of what she said and he ran away. That's so it. you you in a brief cosm see that when we do something for the Lord, how the adversary tries to come with a counter strike. Exactly. In that case, Elijah was not ready. He was not spiritually prepared, emotionally guarded in the way of his emotions being subdued. He was not focused on the Lord and he wasn't ready for the adversary to come back with this nasty letter from mm-hmm. Jezebel. And he did not think to go, wait a second. So one woman is going to kill him when how many prophets of Baal? 450 <laughs> of Baal and 400 of Asherah. Right. And the same God eliminated. that had called down fire to consume um, captains and mighty men of war and all that stuff. But this little old lady is going <laughs> to cause him to be failed in life no but really i think he was probably dismayed because she didn't just get the point and go ahead and submit to the lord Mm -hmm. after all these mighty works from the lord and she he let it bother him more than it should have but again it was simply a counter punch from the adversary a counter strike from the adversary that elijah this great man of god was not ready for but what we wanted to focus on here is rest when we look back at verses five through nine we see the angel of the lord the lord coming to him and saying you need to eat Elijah Mm -hmm. thought it was time for sleep, but the Lord said, you need to eat, right? And so he ate a little bit and said, oh, yeah, okay, I think sleeping would be better for me. Okay, this is Kamisha translating for you, okay? Um, (laughs) He said, sleeping would be better for me, you know, so that's why he went back to sleep versus eating all the food that was provided for him or continuing in that. And so the Lord woke him up, and then he told him why he was saying this. In verse 7, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. The Lord knew where Elijah was going to go. And he knew what the conditions were. He knew what Elijah needed in order to get there without fainting and without failing. And in this regard, without dying. So Mm -hmm. Elijah got some angel cakes and some holy water. (laughs) Some some angel water. I don't know. Um, But the Lord brought him some food that was able to sustain him. This specific food was able to sustain him for this 40 days and 40 nights journey that he went on and it wasn't the sleep that elijah thought was the ticket that was going to get him there it was the food and you know just looking at it from a natural standpoint you can go on being tired but if you don't have the food the body's like hey but if you get a good sandwich in there you get you get energized you know you re-energized yeah you do you get a pick-me-up but more than just looking at natural things understanding the wisdom of God. He knew where Elijah was going. Elijah probably hadn't formed it in his mind just yet exactly where he was going because he was too busy being sorrowful because of that that counter strike from the adversary through Jezebel knocked him off his game and knocked him off his center and his faith was weakened temporarily because of this bad letter he got from this, this lady. Um, and what we need to understand is there are times where it's going to feel like, yes, We can go for it. We can keep going, Lord. We had a victory. Run. Yeah. And we want to drive the bus and we want to forge ahead because at the moment it feels like we've got some strength to do extra. Or you think you have momentum. That's right. And And that usually causes people to act out of the flesh. That's right. And take it to a a level that or a place where it's not supposed to be at, Mm -hmm. which then opens up an opportunity for the adversary. Correct. Correct. But God wants us to understand 
There, there's a time to fight. Ecclesiastes covers this very well. There's a time to rejoice. There's a time mm-hmm. to mourn. There's a time and a season to everything under the earth. And we ourselves cannot look at it with our natural eyes or, you know, take stock of our physical body and go, yeah, yeah, I think I can make it. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit, especially when it comes to spiritual warfare, but especially, especially in all facets of life, because <laughs> he's our daily bread. He is the life inside of us. And we need his counsel, we need his guidance, we need his instruction. And we, because we have a great high priest, our Lord and Savior, who knows everything that we're ever going to go through and also knows our purpose, what he designed us for, why he put us in the location, in the season, in the era, and in the family that he, in the body that he put us in, he knows why he did all those things. Of course, he's going to know the play-by-play rolling out of that so he can get the maximum harvest and yield from our life and our family, but also to see us make it to the kingdom, not just scraping and dragging across the finish line, you know, just barely making it. No, pardon my sound effects, everybody. (laughs) No, he wants us to finish strong and full of delight in the walk that we've had before him. He doesn't want us to fail. He doesn't want us to wimp out. He doesn't want us to call for the chariot to come pick us up because we're boohoo crying so bad that we don't want to continue with him. He wants us to finish the race big and strong each and every time. And if the Lord gives us a ride home, hey, he's not finding fault with that. Neither are we, but we still have the opportunity to finish strong. And I think that is a better testament because that relates to how he finished. He didn't whistle for the angels to come get him like Elijah did. He didn't say, never mind, Father, you didn't want to take this cup for me and I'm just not going to drink it. So send my legions to pick me up and fly me back right now because I don't want to hear anything else, which is the route that Elijah took because he wasn't prepared for that counterstrike from the adversary. So being in step with the movement of the Lord is vital to our strategy in spiritual warfare. The Lord knows what's coming and he knows what work he has planned for you to do. Rest is just as much a part of obedience as doing the work itself. It's just as important because if God says rest and you say, no, I'm going to work, you've just made your own way. You've just violated that covenant that we have where he's Lord and we obey and we serve our master and our Lord and our father in faithfulness. And we're not deviating to become our own God. And go ahead, honey. So, Let's also consider this, right? Because we've talked about the Lord being our commander in chief, mm-hmm. right? Who knows better about their people than the commander, right? Of a unit, of a of a team, of a command, right? Mm-hmm. They know their people. They know their training cycles. They know what they're going through, right? Like all these facets and components how long they've been out, how mm-hmm. many operations, how so they're keeping track and stock of all this. Mm-hmm. How much more so is our our commander in chief, the Lord. Mm-hmm. Our, mm-hmm. our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, right? Who is looking out for us and saying, Hey, I know you think you can go and you've been doing a great job, right? Mm-hmm. But I need you to sit down and, and regroup here for a moment. Mm-hmm. And and it's on us to have the right perspective. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, right, natural perspective is, I just got sidelined. And mm-hmm. then we get all upset. Mm-hmm. Where the Lord's like, no, understand what I'm doing. I'm I'm giving you a pause mm-hmm. here. So someone else can, can also get some, some uh, experience. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, 
you can regroup and then you, now you can lead again or whatever the Lord has you doing. Or right? learn or grow. or Right. You can expand. You can now move forward. But how many times have we said, no, 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 Lord, I've got it. And then five minutes down the road, we're, like, mm-hmm. we're huffing and puffing and exhausted. Right. Going, oh, man, I, I should have re- rethought I this. I yeah. should have took that rest. Like, now I'm in the heat. But now of you're the in the heat of it. Right. Yeah. So you, that, that option is now gone. Right. The, mm-hmm. the ship sailed. The train has departed the station, right? There's no going back. You you now have to tough it out, if you will, mm-hmm. until you get back. And then hopefully there is the opportunity to rest or regroup then. Um, Amen. But it makes for a difficult time. So if we trust, I mean, and, and that's part of, you know, militaries across the, the globe, right? Mm-hmm. There's swim buddies. There's, you know, battle buddies, right? What uh, The whole gamut. And they look and they're... They're assessing, they're regrouping. Hey, uh, I think this one needs to sit down, right? Mm-hmm. There's because if they're not, then they become a liability for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's that's out on the op, right? That's out conducting the mission, whatever mm-hmm. that is. So, how much more so would our Lord and Savior look out for us and say, "Hey, I, I would like you to sit this one one out, just regroup, just rest, just rest," because that's what I need you to do for both you and and me, like the destiny track I have for your life. Mm-hmm. The mission that he's working Amen. on. Amen. Requires you to be well rested for the next leg of the journey. I remember, um, and I I often share this with new moms. Every time that I gave birth, I felt a surge of energy. I felt like I can do anything. Yes. <laughs> and then as I matured in my being a mother, and the Lord would say, mm, get some sleep. You better get some sleep now. Take this nap. And I felt like, no, I don't want to miss anything. I want to see the babies. I want to look at them. I want to hold them and play with them. But by the from the first one to the time I had the, the fourth one, I understood, oh, here's my chance to rest because I'm going to be tired after I stay up for 48 hours because I am I have an adrenaline rush <laughs> right now and I'm excited. Um, that's not going to last. And then that baby's right. going to be crying and ready, ready to eat every two hours and wanting me to wake up and be fully alert and attentive so that I, you know, don't drop the baby, don't fall asleep, you know, uh-huh. or I answer when the baby cries. I needed that rest that I wanted to push off. So I learned that and I do share that with new moms as I, I come in contact with them. Um, and I encourage them with that wisdom. But that goes to everything. The Lord is not a taskmaster. Exactly. He's not someone who is just interested in what he can get out of you and he doesn't care about your outcome. He cares deeply about you. And so he knows everything. We read that in um, Hebrews chapter four. He is a discerner. The word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's just not, that's not just saying if you have something evil in you and it's hidden, God's going to find it out. He already knows. It's not that he doesn't look, have to look that hard. Um, but it's also talking about, he knows what's going on in your body. He knows where you are um, strength-wise and if you have enough endurance and he knows how far the next journey is going to last and he knows what it's going to take, what kind of strength it's going to take for you to complete that task and, you know, to prevail and, and, and have success there and also feel encouraged and inspired to keep going with him. And he counts all of those things, not to mention, as you said, my love, working with all the rest of his children that he, we are a body knitted and joined together by mm-hmm. the love of Jesus Christ for each of us to fulfill our purpose. And if I'm hogging up all the, you know, 
all the show and I'm trying to be the guy all the time when God <laughs> asked me to rest so he could train up someone else or he put a word in someone else and I'm just trying to hog it. I, absolutely, I'll be in my flesh or that person mm-hmm. will be robbed of their opportunity to fulfill God's purpose. So, so let's also look at this or look at it in this way. What does the Lord use his people for? To minister to others their needs. Mm-hmm. Exactly what they need in that moment. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit and empowered us with the Holy Spirit so that we can be used of the Lord or by the Lord to minister to each one whatever their need is. Amen. So how much more so would the Lord, our our Lord and Savior, do that towards us? Hey, you need this right now. Mm-hmm. And here it is. And that includes rest. Absolutely. And in, in Matthew 6, we read before that before the Father knows what we have need of. And it's not just, I need money, I need clothes, I need food, <laughs> I need water. It's not just those things. He's taking into account everything. We are his children. And he loves us deeply. And anyone who's a parent, I know we're talking about you know the elite forces and all that. But again, parent to a, a child, right? Sometimes you're like, yep, that one needs a nap. Even though the child may not think they need it, you're like, no, he... You need to nap He or right she now. just needs some rest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also times where he says, you've got more to give. That's it. Push through it. I know you think you're tired. I know you think you're going to fail. Push through it. You know, he did mm-hmm. that with Elijah. He said, now exactly. here's the list of things you're going to do. I understand you want to come home and you're you're discouraged and disgruntled about this, that, and the other, but you got work to do first. So go do that well, and then maybe done. we can talk. <laughs> I'm not done with the destiny track for your life. Exactly. Um, so... Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. Um, actually, Matthew chapter 4, I believe. Just so we can understand this, that this is divine of the Lord, that when he says rest, it's time to rest. In Matthew chapter 4, we see the Lord um, being led up by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. And after the devil, I mean, sorry, after the Lord, the Messiah, had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, command these stones. Went through this whole temptation process, right? And if you pick up in verse 11 of Matthew chapter 4, it says, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Amen. Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. Okay, so in verse 11, after Jesus had finished all this work, what happened? The Lord gave him rest. The father mm-hmm. said rest, right? And provided some angel cakes and some holy water. I'm sure whatever he needed. <laughs> whatever he needed, some muscle massage, some encouragement, you know, a, a supernatural touch to help restore him and get him ready to go and strengthen him real quick. Whatever it was was needed, the father provided. But even our Messiah had to enter into that rest, that the father knew what was right for him. God asked him to do this 40 days because Holy Spirit led him here, right? And gave him the empowerment that he needed to complete it, the strength that he needed for the journey. And then afterwards gave him some rest. And then when it was the rest was finished, he went on verse 12, he went on to Galilee, picking up and going back with the journey. So the Messiah didn't go, hey, don't you know who I am? Don't you know my credentials? I, I'm going, huzzah, I just defeated the devil. I don't need any rest. <laughs> I can keep going, Lord. No, he took those angel cakes. <laughs> he took whatever rest that the Father provided because that was a part of the Father's divine, divine plan for him and will. And then what what did he do with that? He relocated his ministry in Capernaum or to Capernaum. So, Amen. Uh, I mean, which takes energy, which take I mean, 
There's a lot in that. And it was full throttle every moment that the Lord mm-hmm. had him to be um, present for ministry. Amen. He ministered. And then there were times where he got to go away and have that private time and rest in the shalom with the Lord, but he wasn't taking liberties. He wasn't running away from work and he wasn't trying to make extra work for himself. He was staying right in the moment with the father. And when the Lord brought those times of rest, he took it. So we see that from our, our King's example, our majesty, our Lord and savior did the same things and practice it because he understood not only the obedience factor, but also the endurance factor, the longevity is spirit, soul, and body that's needed, right? He told the disciples, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. So uh, when they were sleeping, when he asked them to pray. So God is, will move us into perfect alignment so that spirit, soul, and body are able to meet the demands and the requirements of spiritual warfare, of ministry, of the life that he's planned for us. Every time, every moment, every given day, God will make sure that we're ready and we're strengthened and strong and ready to... Um, walk in the plan of God and meet any and every challenge. So take the time. And even though it sounds like a light subject, build this into your mind and a part of your strategy and let the Lord minister to you on this so that the truth of the word of God is rooted and grounded and firmly planted and written upon the tablet of your heart so that you prevail and you're able to stand. We love you and we thank you so much for spending this time in the word with us. We hope you're blessed by it and we're looking forward to meeting with you next time. We love you. God bless you. And remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.